Hey listeners, quick question. Are you tired of overpaying for your mobile plan? I've got the answer. Ting Mobile. Ting Mobile is all about flexibility and savings. You only pay for what you use, no crazy fees or overages. It's perfect for those who want control over their phone bill without sacrificing quality. Say goodbye to bloated phone bills. Go to milwaukeemafia.com slash ting. Ting Mobile. Mobile that makes sense. You're listening to Milwaukee Mafia, your podcast dose of Wisconsin Mafia and true crime history. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Milwaukee Mafia podcast. I'm Eric. I'm Gavin. And as you can see, we still remember how to do this, even though it's been two weeks. It's more than two weeks. Was it really? You've been that's gone long, forever. That's how long I was on vacation for. No, you were gone longer than that. So we're back, though, again, and we're revisiting the Milwaukee Mafia. What are we talking about today? Uh, so I've got uh, Captain Harry Kazuski. It's a nice name. It's not a bad name. So I'm assuming when you say captain, this is a captain of the police force? It is. Okay. Yep. So at this point in our timeline, we're going to talk about Captain Harry. Uh, and uh, I think there's more out there. Like, I'm not 100%, but I believe that... The FBI did an investigation into him, and I don't have that file. At some point in the future, may have to come back and add a little addendum or something here. Just for my clarification, and this is probably a very stupid question, but um, it wasn't that long ago that we did an episode with Frank Balistrieri and Howard Johnson, and Howard Johnson was the police chief, correct? Correct. Okay, so we've just changed police chiefs at this point? No. No? No. Pay attention. Oh. This is Captain. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, so Police <laughs> Chief Captain. Okay, okay. This is Captain Harry Kazuski. Okay, not- and the other guy was the Chief of Police. Yeah. Okay, <clears throat> okay. He's not a Chief. Gotcha. He's a Captain. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Failure. Everybody can just write in and that Eric guy doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Yeah. So. so All right. Take it away. So Harry Kazuski is born November 1st, 1910. Uh, in Wisconsin, his parents are Polish immigrants, as you might be able to tell from the name Kazuski. Technically, his mom was born in Chicago, but her parents were Polish immigrants, so she's very Polish herself. There were seven children in the family. Harry was the youngest. At least three of those seven would die in childhood, and another one only made it to 32. Wow. So bad luck in that family. His father, Frank, was a clerk at an engineering firm. As a young adult, Harry was a laborer at a shoe factory. His father, Frank, passed away on January 7th, 1938 at age 67. Harry was 27 at the time. You know, so he's an adult, but 27 is still kind of young to lose a parent. Mm -hmm. All right. Harry was married sometime around 1937 to Angeline Smukowski. Another Milwaukee resident of Polish descent. (laughs) Really? Are you sure? Yeah. Running theme here. And by 1940, Harry had joined the Milwaukee Police Department. Uh, I got a couple things here. I'm not reading this in detail. So, so did you say he joined the police department at the age of 40? No, no, no. By 1940. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry. So by the time he was 30. he was. But, But still, from today's perspective, that's really late to join the police force don't you think it might be yeah it might be yeah i mean he 
I don't know exactly how old he was, but he was probably over 25. So he didn't start immediately like some people probably do. All right. So yeah, I've got a couple things that I didn't work into my notes, but uh, I'm just going to do a quick sort of a skim here. I'm not going to actually read these. Got some printed out news articles. One of the cases that uh, Harry Kaczynski was involved in involved Dr. Arthur Pharisee. Uh, this was kind of a fun one. This is all kind of in the 1950s. This is kind of a fun one where he had a Chinese man who was addicted to opium. And <laughs> the Chinese man said, hey, can you prescribe me more opium? And the doctor did. And then the Chinese man's like, hey, I got a bunch of friends. <laughs> that also need opium. They also need opium. <laughs> so the doctor uh, got into the business of over-prescribing people uh, opium, which led to him getting narcotics charges. And at this point, I should clarify, I actually haven't been clear about this. Harry Kazuski ended up on the Vice Squad, uh, which did prostitution, gambling, and narcotics. Okay. So, which sounds like almost everything, but <laughs> but that's what the Vice Squad did. And so, yeah, this was one person they looked after because they were like, this guy's sending out a lot of prescriptions for opium. <laughs> and then when they finally, like, Really looked into, like, yeah, something's wrong here. <laughs> All right, another thing he was involved in, longtime listeners might recall uh, Blackie Sullivan or Blackie the Civ, um, who was a guy who ran jukeboxes between Chicago and Milwaukee, got shot numerous times. His wife was arrested carrying large quantities of Demerol, Nembatol, and other prescription medicines that she only had forged prescriptions for. So... Uh, Kaczynski was kind of uh, involved in the Blackie Sullivan uh, situation as well. And then this one, I would like you to read this headline. Oh, could, oh, could you read this headline for I can, me? I can read the headline, sure. Police probe Milwaukee dope orgies? Really? Yeah. So what is this about? <laughs> Milwaukee police probe dope orgies. Yeah. And... And you might be thinking, well, that can't possibly be, that can't possibly be what it is. It's exactly exactly what it is. Yeah. Uh, Yes. uh, There's been a wave of orgies uh, involving young white girls and narcotics. Uh, So, yeah, I'm not going to read this article, but uh, great headline. (laughs) Police probe Milwaukee dope Dope orgies. So, it's kind of stuff that Kazuski was uh, investigating. But this was before he was captain, right? Is that- he probably, well, I don't know if it specifies. Okay, yeah, for a lot of this, it looks like he was sergeant. Okay. So, you know, you got to go up your ranks a little bit. Okay, so we move forward closer to where we are in our timeline. Uh, in September 1962, the Milwaukee FBI... Uh, wrote to FBI headquarters concerning a John Doe probe in Milwaukee uh, looking into gambling, and they said that there were efforts to undermine it. The Milwaukee FBI believed that the probe was going to find corruption with Chief Howard Johnson and Captain Harry Kazuski, among others. The Milwaukee FBI said Kazuski had not cooperated with the FBI in shutting down gambling and prostitution, despite being the head of the vice squad. Furthermore, although the FBI found convincing evidence of organized crime, 
the police consistently brushed it off. The Milwaukee FBI alleged that Kazuski took payoffs from gamblers and prostitutes and in his 15 years in the vice squad had always maintained that the gambling was not organized. The FBI had no confidence in him. So like I like I said, I believe that they had opened a file on him looking into um, police corruption, but I do not have that file, so I can't really speak to that too much. Uh, February 11th, 1963, so we're jumping ahead a few months. You might recall, as you had mentioned earlier in this very episode, that Frank Bestery had done a newspaper interview. Mm-hmm. So as part of his long interview, Frank Bellistry said that John Lavin and the police special assignment squad were living in a state of fantasy with underworld characters cropping up all over town. On the contrary, Bellistry praised Harry Kazuski and said he was doing a wonderful job keeping the town free of prostitutes, pimps, and gamblers. He said he had been friends with Kazuski for a long time and admired his work. There are some things that I really detest. Prostitutes, sex perverts, and narcotics peddlers. I've never tolerated prostitutes to operate in my tavern or entertainers to hustle drinks. Uh, so, I'll pause there for a moment. First of all, there's one majorly obvious like lie in this. The, uh, the drinks? The, well, the gambling part to me jumps out. <laughs> like, he's done a great job shutting down gambling. Like, you're actively involved in gambling. <laughs> like, we know that. Well, maybe he was shutting down all of Frank Balistrieri's competition for <laughs> Yeah. So that's that's weird to me. But uh but yeah, so so he's so Balistrieri is a fan of Kazuski, right? That interview was printed February eleventh, nineteen sixty three. March first, nineteen sixty three, less than a month later. Mm-hmm. Captain Harry Kazuski, head of the vice squad, was suspended after being charged with a variety of offenses, tax evasion, misconduct, false swearing, and failing to report gambling devices. Kazuski had allegedly been paid off by gamblers and also had improper relationships with various prostitutes. Do you know what you said, false swearing? Um, that, that that's means? like lying. Okay, okay. It's like signing a document that... <sighs> like an affidavit, but it's not true. Okay, gotcha. Or, uh, Chief Howard Johnson said only positive things about him to the press. He has had a highly successful career in the suppression of vice, gambling, and prostitution. I attribute the fact that there are no policy wheels, um, which is a kind of kind of gambling, in Milwaukee, largely because of Kazuski's work. In the meantime, Detective Sergeant Louis Strzewski took over running the vice squad. And I may have said Strzewski wrong because there's a lot of letters in there. S-T-R-Z-Y-Z-E-W-S-K-I. So I apologize if that's not Strzewski. And again, just to drive this point home, a lot of Polish people in this story. (laughs) (laughs) Making it not very easy to say last names, by the way. No, but strangely easier for me to say than (laughs) Italian names. I don't know. (laughs) Okay, so... Yep, so he's suspended. He's got various charges uh, against him. Uh, Not great. 
chief of the police was present when the warrants were served and witnessed the arrest of Kazuski on the criminal complaint. And Kazuski, as I said, was suspended pending the outcome of the charges. Now, Kazuski appealed his suspension to the police and fire commission. He didn't want to just be suspended. Mm-hmm. Kind of wanted his job. <laughs> so he Well put. <laughs> he appealed to them. And uh, while they were looking over the appeal, Chief Johnson filed a complaint against Kazuski before the board, and the complaint was based solely on the criminal complaint and the warrant previously served on Kazuski. So really, he wasn't adding anything they didn't already know. Did I miss something, though? Wasn't Howard Johnson very much in support of him? He was, but, But, but but he's also got to defend his suspension of him. Oh, okay, okay. So now he's like in a position where he has to suspend him because he's got criminal charges against him, but he still has to. It goes both ways. Yeah, I see what you're saying. But professionally, once one of your officers has charges against him and you've suspended him, you have to kind of back that back that up. up and otherwise, it makes the whole department you, look bad. Yeah, if you don't even if even if you don't agree with the charges against him. He was suspending him because of those right. charges, so he had to kind of show that, like... Yeah, he's, he's not saying he agrees with the charges. He's, he's just, just explaining saying, the suspension. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. All right, so the department complaint uh, also added that Kaczynski had violated Rule 29, Section 3, and Rule 44, Section 8 of the Milwaukee Police Department Rules and Regulations. Would you like me to read those? <laughs> Just the headlines of them, please, not the complete. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) The short version. Rule 29, uh, members of the police force shall at all times uh, preserve the public peace, prevent crime, etc., etc. So we apparently hadn't been doing that. Rule 44, any member of the department may be dismissed from service by the chief of police at pretty much any time if any other rule had been violated. So. They're they're like this is clearly in the employee handbook. We, we can like suspend the, you. Yeah, it seems like the second one is really unnecessary. Yeah, but well, the second one is the kind of the reason the second one is is there's a longstanding dispute about whether police chiefs have the authority to remove people or whether the police commission has to do it. Okay, so, so this specifically makes a rule that says if you break any of these rules, the police chief. Can suspend you. So right. it gets rid of any question on So that. this is saying like, hey, I suspended you. This is why I have the authority to do right. it. Even before the police board looks over everything. Mm-hmm. He's like, so I I didn't like jump ahead here. Like, this is my authority to do so. Gotcha. So that actually makes a lot of sense. So uh, the hearing before the police commission was held on March 25th. So. Uh, maybe two weeks later. At that point in time, Chief Johnson abandoned the charges set on the departmental complaint um, and testified that the sole reason for the suspension um, was that a criminal complaint and a warrant had been filed against him, charging him with the commission of certain offenses. Da-da-da-da-da. Uh, the head of the John Doe investigation, John Coffey, a judge in Milwaukee County, filed an affidavit that said um, he had issued the criminal warrants against Kazuski on the charges um, he said, but unfortunately, until they go to trial, because it's a John Doe hearing, all the testimony and evidence is still secret. 
So he's like, I can't tell you why he's been charged with these things. <laughs> because it's... Yeah. Okay. So this puts him in an interesting place where now, like, the charges are against him, but there isn't anything backing up the charges on the public record. So that's an interesting situation to be in. But regardless, um, the board agreed with the decision that the chief had the right to suspend him without pay pending the trial and the criminal offenses against him. The, the trial goes forward. It doesn't look great. It doesn't look great for him because now people are actually testifying publicly. They got Mrs. Johnny Mae Jackson, uh, who took and passed a lie detector test. Uh, she alleged that she had paid Kaczynski $100 a month for seven years to let her brothel go undisturbed. Wow. Um, she had also paid off 15 other vice squad officers. And one detective even admitted that although he had never taken money from her, um, at one point in time, he did receive a bottle of brandy and it was very nice. <laughs> so, that other detective that took the bottle of brandy, his name is Alfred Kaxkowski. <laughs> just want to throw that out there. Just- yeah. <laughs> So apparently the vice squad's just all the Polish cops. I don't know. <laughs> don't know what's up with this. Uh, so yeah, so the charges, uh, you know, they go through, basically. Like, he's not getting away with this. But in the meantime, Kazuski appealed his suspension from the board up to the courts. And he said the state law said that suspensions could only be for 15 days without cause. Uh, the and he's like, you you haven't proved anything against me. So the, for the first 15 days, fine. But after that, what do you got? Mm-hmm. The court believed that there was cause and a need to keep the public trust. So they said, well, that's cause enough right there. It's the fact that if we let you back on the job while you have this hanging over you, that disrupts the entire police department. Yeah. So that's cause. Yeah. But they did agree with him that... It, it was unfair to withhold pay from him beyond the first 15 days. So they did reinstate his paycheck. So this whole time that he's going, uh, waiting for trial and going to trial, um, he's now got his paycheck back. Which, right. which is fair, but it sounds awful. Yeah, it does sound awful. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, okay, I mean, you're not fired, so you're still an employee. But and technically, you're not guilty you're because not guilty. you haven't been found guilty yet. So Yeah, but it still doesn't sound great to have a guy taking a paycheck paid by taxpayers and he just stays home. He's not even doing a job. He's not even doing a job and he may have been taking bribes from people yeah. who own brothels to keep the, <laughs> to make sure they stayed open and things like that. But so. that was what they decided the law was at the time. And this is, this is early 60s. Maybe this has been modified, but... That's how it was at the time. It's just they, they said, if we deprive you of your of your paycheck, we're it's basically like an additional punishment mm-hmm. because you're not going to go out and look for another job while you're hoping to get your job back. And it's like we can't just do that. You, and especially if you're going to go on trial, you can't afford an attorney if you're not getting paid. Mm-hmm. So it's like it kind of like it hampers your rights is, is sort of the court's position on that. Well, anyway, so long story short, he, he does. He gets found guilty. He gets fired. He loses his pay, and he's disgraced. 
and Captain Harry Kazuski is no more. Now, I don't know if this is because of his being disgraced or just because of his very unlucky family, but he passed away at age 57, uh, only a couple of years after this uh, dismissal and trial, so... But I mean, was it of any suspicious causes or anything? Not or at all. Just kind of. Not at all. Except this, <laughs> which is going to make it really questionable, isn't it? <laughs> he was driving his Volkswagen and went off the road over a ditch and finally struck a high tension wire. Okay, so this sounds like it could be extremely questionable. Yeah. When pronounced dead at the hospital, he had only a cut on his forehead leading the doctor to suspect that he had had a heart attack while driving. Uh, he was survived by his wife and a son, Robert, as well as two sisters. So, I mean, I don't know if you want to call that suspicious. Maybe medical things happen. Mm. But if you want to play that game, you can say, ooh, ooh, car accident. So now I, I feel like over many, many episodes of this podcast, Gavin, we've been talking about how uncorrupt – the Milwaukee Police Department typically has been, and this is an example of not so much, huh? Right. And is this one of the few examples that you will we have of this, or um, we may we may come across more. And okay. like okay, so just just quick, I'm going to quickly do this before I answer your stuff. okay okay. So his wife Angeline uh, passed in 2002, so she made another, you know, 35 years or something like that. Um, outliving her husband for quite a, quite a bit. Their only son, Robert, uh, ended up changing his name to Robert Allen um, and had a family of his own. And, and I don't know that him changing his name has anything to do with any of that or if it's just because Kazuski's not a fun name to say. <laughs> so, but, he, but he goes by Robert Allen. But yeah, so the, it's the corruption thing. We'll see it from time to time. And again... I'm still going to hold firm on the idea that the corruption's not that bad. It's not that it's good. Like, I'm not excusing it. <laughs> but, again, when I compare it to Chicago and traditional Chicago corruption, where judges are getting paid off <laughs> to let murder, you know, suspects go and police are actively on the payroll of some of the mob guys, that's pretty bad. And you, you don't see this. And, and it almost sounds like from this article, like this guy, it wasn't like this guy was doing this stuff specifically for the mafia even. No. He was doing it for everybody. You know, he was like, I think you talked about some lady that I paid him a bunch of money to keep it, her brothel open. Well, I'm pretty sure that was probably not a mafia no, brothel. No. And that's, that's the thing, like, so he's friends with, with Frank Balistrieri, and I'm sure that that was helpful as far as gambling operations go. That's kind of the thing. Like, getting paid off to ignore a brothel is not great, especially when you're on the vice squad, which is like your <laughs> job. job. <laughs> um, but, again, and maybe this is my bias, but, like, letting a little gambling slide, that doesn't offend me. Yeah, but you also have to put put yourself back into the perspective of back then. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that there were plenty of people up in arms. Oh, about, yeah. Because you remember, they were making a big, big push on gambling. Yeah. Which, whenever they do that, it's either because they have created the atmosphere where people are against gambling, 
or people are just overall against gambling and that's why they're making such a push to eliminate it. Right. You know? So it's a very different atmosphere back then when you're talking about these types of things. So like, again, I'm not, I'm not defending this guy. Like he should have been charged. He should have been suspended and fired. Like, absolutely. I'm not, I'm not questioning any of that. It's just like in the grand scheme of things, this level of corruption is not horribly offensive to me. Mm-hmm. Like it has to be dealt with, like to make the police department trustworthy and operate correctly, it has to be dealt with. But it's not super offensive. He's not like covering up crimes and things. You yeah. know, like the stuff the stuff that he is kind of letting slide is stuff that isn't really hurting a lot, a lot of, people of people in a big way. Right. He's not he's not like protecting burglars or or you know he's not taking you know people out in the corner and shooting them for the mafia or anything right, like that right so and it also sounds like like based on what you've said is that this is kind of an isolated smaller instance of corruption whereas when you look at like chicago mafia history you see you see corruption you know throughout the police department like this might have been an isolated incident within the milwaukee police department where it was throughout all of chicago yeah in chicago there was like a detective who was actually like running a burglary ring (laughs) like they're bad (laughs) and in milwaukee yeah you get these incidents here and there but you know any large-scale department like milwaukee's a big city you're gonna get this it's gonna happen and so, like, I don't think it's, like, horribly bad when put in perspective. And, you know, and there are other instances, like, going back to the Prohibition days, we do see a lot of cops and even judges who bend the rules for the bootleggers. And that's understandable, given that in Wisconsin, Prohibition wasn't very popular. <laughs> Nobody agreed with it. Yeah, so. so it's like, okay, like, I, what they did was wrong, but I understand why they did it. And we've got another case. I don't think it's come up yet on the podcast, but where a judge is allegedly um, on vacation at a spa with some mob guys. And uh, there's no evidence that anything bad happened, but it's kind of suspicious because <laughs> they flew down to uh, Hot Springs, Arkansas together and had a weekend. But yet, like, it, there's nothing like super shocking about it. Yeah. And I guess to, for a police department to be completely 100% free of this would probably be an accomplishment, yeah. honestly. You know, yeah. you're just going to have those nuggets at times and times. And this is clearly not directly, like, you can't blame the mafia for this because, you know, it. this guy isn't just working with the mafia. It's, you know, who's ever willing to pay you know, yeah. pay him off. He's ta- he's happy to take. This isn't money. like this isn't really strictly speaking a mafia thing, but he he's friends with Frank, so it comes up. And also, the charges against him came out of the John Doe gambling probe. So the investigation was looking into like the mafia bookies and all that. That's how he got in trouble. But then, but what he ends up getting charged with is really very not related to that. Yeah, but I think. And there is, we don't have any concrete evidence of it, but I'm pretty safe to say if the guy was willing to take bribes mm-hmm. and he was a friend of Frank Balistrieri's, something probably exchanged hands at some point in time yeah. through it. Could because, be. Because, you know, he was willing to do it. And I feel like that was a place that Frank, being the head of a mafia, was probably willing to go Could to be. get what he wanted. Uh, so 
it just it just popped in my head. We will have a story where <laughs> where Frank is friends with another captain of the police department um, and helps him become the chief of another city's <laughs> police force. So that's that's questionable. Mm-hmm. Did did the mafia like have a presence in that city? Or, oh, big time. Or, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then it's really really suspicious. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So. All right. Do you got anything else for this one? Or no, this was relatively short. Uh, like I said, I'll add the the news articles I have printed off. I'll add into the story, kind of flesh them out a little bit. Um, hopefully, I get something back. Looking into the corruption stuff more, maybe we can make a stronger link. But um, it just happens to be what I have for right now. So that's well, what you get. <laughs> and and it's a it's just a sign that you know maybe though that Milwaukee Police Department wasn't quite perfect, but. But, you know, still better than Chicago. We always got still, that going for still us, Still better right? than Chicago, yeah. <laughs> so, all right, with that, we'll wrap this episode up. As always, we do have a Patreon. You can check that out at MilwaukeeMafia.com or just jump over to Patreon.com slash MilwaukeeMafia. And, Gavin, where can people reach you? Well, um, other than the website you just mentioned, you can email MilwaukeeMafia at gmail.com. Um, I've actually gotten several emails in the last couple of weeks. It's picked up quite a bit, uh, so um, any, people any, are people are catching on. Any questions for Patreon episodes? Po- possibly, awesome. possibly we might be able to work some of that in there. Um, there's some uh, some interesting things that have come through for sure. Very cool. All right, so you can find them over there at that email address, and we will be back next week with a Patreon episode, two weeks with a regular Mafia episode. We appreciate everybody's support, and thanks for tuning in. We'll see you on the next one. Thank you very much. Thanks for tuning in to the Milwaukee Mafia podcast. Join us next time for another look back at Wisconsin Mafia and true crime history.